What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. And somehow your Sacramento Kings do it again. They win their third straight game, this time beating the Oklahoma City Thunder at the Golden 1 Center 94-93. Both teams now move to 11-13 and 13 records. Again, uh, three straight wins for your Sacramento Kings. Welcome into the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall. And the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. I'm your host, Damian Barling, and I thank you, as always, uh, for tuning in here and being a part of the podcast. If you have not uh, subscribed yet, uh, please become a subscriber. If you have not told your Kings fans, friends about this yet, if you have not told your basketball friends about what we're doing over here uh, at Hoop Ball or what we're doing here on the Sacramento Kings Podcast, uh, please tell them. Please share the podcast. Let them know what we're doing. If you haven't left a rating or review, if you could do that as well, it would be greatly appreciated. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you about this game. This was the boringest, most exciting game in recent memory. Uh, if you weren't able to be around for all four quarters, we'll fill you in here. The first quarter and the fourth quarter, I thought were pretty exciting. I thought the Sacramento Kings played really well in the fourth quarter. This game was everything I thought it would be. I have been singing the praises of the Oklahoma City Thunder since the offseason. I've been singing the praises of Sam Presti and the Oklahoma City Thunder since the Paul George trade. When they were written off and expected to be a bottom feeder team in the Western Conference, I thought, nah. I didn't think Chris Paul would be around, full disclosure. I I, I didn't think he was going to be around, but I, I still thought there's enough here. There's enough here with this team that I, I think they're going to be noticeable. Playoff bound? Eh, probably not, but they're going to be noticeable. And, you know, here we are. There are a couple of games under 500, as we just mentioned. They're 11 and 13. But I think 11 and 13 is significantly better than what anybody thought they would be. The Sacramento Kings haven't gotten credit for the fact that they're 11 and 13. And we saw Marvin Bagley on the floor for the first time since game number one here tonight. But don't let the uh, exciting shot from Bogdan Bogdanovich there uh, in the final uh, with 13 seconds left assuage you from the fact that this game and the Kings overall performance was absolutely terrible. Like the game was awful. I was falling asleep, like, like legit, like old man head nodding, like whoa, popping myself, like hey, wake up here, man. We got we got to work tonight. What are you doing? I was falling asleep in the middle of the third quarter. The Kings were going on these lulls where they couldn't score, and thank goodness, the Oklahoma City Thunder were doing the same thing. There were these stretches where it felt like neither it felt like teams were going three, three and a half minutes without being able to make a basket. Again, the first quarter was really, really good. It was really exciting. We saw Marvin Bagley return to the floor. I guess that I guess I guess the two main stories are here as we get into the podcast are the Sacramento Kings win again. Obviously, that's the most important story. Sacramento Kings win 94-93. They get this win here at the Golden 1 Center. As this game was starting, I was thinking, or as this game got into the, the, the second and third quarter, I'm looking at this like, do the Kings just need to play all their games on the road? Like, why are you right? This, this is awful. This is brutal to sit through. Um, but we'll 
I digress. We'll we'll get back to that. It's two keys to, two keys of the game here. Uh, if you just want the Cliff Notes version and you want to go to bed and you don't want to pay attention to anything, Kings win 94-93 and Marvin Bagley is back on the floor. Those are the two storylines that matter. Nothing else matters. The fact that the Kings uh, shot a horrible percentage tonight doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. They shot 44%, which is pretty amazing. Here's what how amazing their fourth quarter was. They shot 44% on the game. They were shooting 36%. In the third quarter. Even more so amazing how their fourth quarter was. They had six assists at the end of three quarters. They doubled that total in the fourth quarter alone. They were able to get 12. Now the Kings did some things right. And here is the, you know, the, the, the hallmark of what we have here from the Sacramento Kings. Uh, what are we at now? 24 games into the season. Their defense. This is a defensive team. And when their shot isn't falling, and man, oh man, was their shot not falling tonight, they're able to get stops. They're able to do things defensively that we weren't able to see from the Sacramento Kings last year. And as I've said before, I don't think we've seen from the Sacramento Kings in recent memory. They are winning games defensively. Buddy Heald was horrible until about 30 seconds left in the third quarter. He was awful. He was a disaster. Bogdan Bogdanovich was a disaster. Nope, the Kings as a whole shooting the ball were a mess, an absolute mess. But they made stops in the fourth quarter. They were able to get things done. Now, they got a little home cooking from the officials, but it all kind of balanced out there in the end anyways. And again, we'll get to that here in just a minute. But when they had to make stops, they were able to do it. They were able to frustrate the Oklahoma City Thunder. We talked about the lulls that each team went through. There were some points there, particularly in the second quarter, where the Kings were getting really good looks. The shots just weren't falling. I'd, I'd, I'd go so far as, as to say, even at the beginning of the third, there were some points where they were getting really good looks. The shots just weren't falling. I think midway through the through the third quarter when the when the uh, when the Thunder were really trying to stretch the lead out a little bit, I thought they were playing really good defense during that stretch. I thought the Thunder got got really, uh, they kind of got animated and thought, you know what, let's just kind of, let's see, we, we've seen this team come back. We've seen the Kings come back multiple times this season. Let's try to put our foot on their throat and get it and, and put this game to an end before the fourth quarter gets started. They were never able to do that. But I thought they were playing good defense in that stretch. And then the final you know, I think it was the final 36 seconds of the third quarter came along and an old buddy healed appeared for the first time all day. So as we go back to the first quarter, we go back to the start of the game. Uh, you know, as we've talked about the Kings here getting the win, getting to 11 and 13 with a couple of more games here at home. Uh, Marvin Bagley checks back into the game, uh, checks back. I, I should say he checks back into the season uh, for the first time since game one against Phoenix. He's missed 22, uh, or I guess it would be, yeah, 22 of the 23 games played prior to today. Uh, and he looked good. I mean, I was, con you know, he again, he came off the bench, uh, both in the first half and the second half, and played a total of 23 minutes, 5 of 13. Maybe, maybe that's forcing it just a bit. But, I mean, you want him to come back. You want him to get his feel. You want him to get his run. He had a couple of putbacks that looked really impressive. His first uh, made basket was kind of a a nice little turnaround, close range. Like I'm not, 
terribly upset with anything I saw from Marvin Bagley. It did feel like uh, he got lost a handful of times on defense. I don't think at any point did you look at Marvin Bagley and go, oh, oh man, he does not fit in with this group. Like, he's going to have to pick up his defensive intensity. I thought his defensive intensity was there. I think he got lost a couple of times on the defensive end, and it, and it allowed Oklahoma City to grab some baskets. But overall, like, I, I don't think he was – I don't think it was a problem on the defensive end. And I don't know that anybody thought that he would be. But I thought he played, you know, for not a particularly great shooting night. But overall, I thought he was, for what it was, I thought he played more than fine, you know, for his first game back. Again, 11 points, uh, six rebounds, 23 minutes. Like, All right, you're out there. You're getting a feel. You're kind of getting your your sea legs under you, so to speak. Um didn't really make an impact either way, but it was good to have him out there. And I'm sure Kings fans are are thrilled that he was back. And, you know, he comes in in the game at this point. Again, I thought the first quarter was really good. The first quarter was everything that I wanted from this game. Absolutely everything that I wanted. It was just a back and forth, back and forth. And then somewhere like somewhere like the Kings got really Kings got cold. Thunder scored 11, 11 straight. Thunder had an 11-point lead with three minutes left in the half. Buddy was, I think he was like two of ten at the time. Uh, Harrison Barnes was one of six. Bogey was one of three at the time. Uh, Second half gets underway. First possession of the second half. The Kings turn it over. No one was shooting the ball well. Like there was no one that you could point to. Like there was no Nemanja Bialica. Uh, there, There wasn't even Rashawn Holmes. There was no one that you could go to and you could go, all right, well, at least this is working. Nothing was working for the Kings. Again, they were shooting at a percentage that was, you know, at that point, at the beginning of the third, it was probably in the the the, the lower 30s, but they eventually worked themselves into kind of like the, the mid-30s. As I mentioned just a moment ago, it was like 36% or somewhere around that, 36.2% or something like that. That's where the Kings were uh, at that time. And then the final 36 seconds, the Kings have a two-for-one. Buddy Heald comes down, hits a difficult three, Kings are able to get a stop on the defensive end, but Heel comes down and he hits a second three. And all of a sudden you're looking at this game and and I don't know what happened. I think the camera missed it. Either the camera missed it or I missed it. But somehow in those final few seconds, Bogdan Bogdanovich wound up with the ball in his hands with a chance for the Sacramento Kings to take a lead at the uh, end of the half. Now, again, not obviously he stole the ball in, in, in some way, shape, or form, got the shot up, the shot didn't fall. Kings enter, or I'm, I'm sorry, I said that I said they were, uh, it, it, that happened at the end of the half. That actually happened at the end of the third quarter. Forgive me there. Uh, so they get into the, they get into the fourth quarter down two, and then the Thunder make another run. And it's still, you know, barring that 36 seconds from Buddy Heald, this game is still an excruciating watch. It is brutal. But you're looking at it like, all right. Kings went on a little, went on a 19-7 run there. Down two, entering the fourth. Like, all right, we can handle this. Thunder come out, they open up with 10 straight points. They get into into the fourth quarter, 10 straight points, and it's like, oh, come on, man. Before you knew it, Kings were leading. They went on a 10-0 run. It's like, okay. These two teams, they, they 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 can't figure out what they're doing. And it was the final, I'd say, like three minutes where you saw both teams, okay, they've tightened up. 
they're picking up full court. Like defense is being played. They're they're you know they're taking their time running their offense. You know we mentioned the five assists through three quarters. Uh, I went back uh, right after Bogey shot went in, and I did it as as quickly as I could. This was a difficult task. It, there were there were possessions. Uh, there I I would bet you there were more possessions this game than maybe in any game since the first five where one guy shot the ball. I mean, one guy touched the ball uh, down the field, down the court. You'd have, you know, Corey Joseph, Yogi Ferrell, whoever, bringing the ball up the floor, one pass, shot. One pass, dribble, 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 shot. You saw that a ton this game. A ton. Again, it goes back to those assist numbers. It wasn't just the the shots weren't, it, it's not just the shots not falling. It's the lack of fluidity to the offense. And again, the fourth quarter came along and we saw all that change. And I don't know if the Kings have a gear that switch. I don't know if it's the proverbial switch that we hear a lot. Sometimes teams don't hit that that proverbial switch till after Christmas. I mean, I, I don't know how the Kings did this. But I know that their offense looked like doo-doo. And I know this game was an ambient. And then the fourth quarter came along. And the fluidity of the offense was there. The assists were there. And then, most importantly, guys started hitting shots. Now, what's the chicken or the egg here? Did the fluidity lead? Did the fluidity of the offense, did the ball movement lead to guys hitting shots? Or did the... Did the fluidity just look better? Did the offense just look better because the shots were falling? Go back to what I said about the Kings in the second half. Or, excuse me, in the second quarter. They they had looks. They had significantly more looks in the second quarter than they did the third. It's just they weren't falling. I thought they ran their offense particularly poorly there in the third quarter. And, you know, as I just gave the Oklahoma City Thunder credit, they were running their offense poorly because Oklahoma City was playing really good defense. Oklahoma City had their body on everybody. They were working. Uh, but then the fourth quarter came along in, in the Kings, and maybe this is something that we talked about earlier this year. Luke Walton's in-game adjustments. I think Luke Walton is very quietly becoming an incredible in-game adjustment coach. And that's not a small compliment. There are coaches in the league. There are coaches that have been in the league for years who aren't great at adjusting in-game. There are coaches who are great at making adjustments the next time you play a team. Or perhaps just your next time out on the court. But in terms of making an adjustment from the first half to the second half, I feel like we saw the Kings. I feel like we saw Luke Walton make an adjustment from the third quarter to the fourth quarter that allowed them to stretch the floor a little bit and and, 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 and got them moving, that got them some space, that got them some looks, that allowed Buddy Heald to finally hit a couple of shots. You know, he was 9 of 24. That's nothing to write home about. He was 5 of 14. That's nothing to write home about. But when you consider where he was in the third quarter, when you consider there was a stretch where he was like 2 of 10, yeah, you take it. You absolutely take it. Buddy Heald finished with 23 points, by the way. Probably should have noted that. Rashawn Holmes uh, finished with 10. Amani B. Elites at 10 as well. So, again, there was uh, 17 for Bogdan Bogdanovich. And that's another one. What did we just say about Bogey? He was 1 of 3 at the end, of, 1 of 4 near the end of the, the first half. The second half, and particularly... The fourth quarter, these guys really got going. Of course, it was Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, that hit the game winner there with about uh, 17 seconds left. Bogey wound up finishing, by the way, 7 of 12 
with 17 points. No double-digit rebounder again for the Sacramento Kings uh, tonight. But again, it, it doesn't matter. An incredibly low-scoring game, uh, not just by Kings standards, but by NBA standards. Uh, the Chicago Bulls scored, scored 136 points tonight uh, in their win against Atlanta. The Indiana Pacers, they scored 122 against the Boston Celtics tonight. Milwaukee, Utah, both of those teams put up 127. Uh, but the Kings and the Thunder gave us a final of 94 to 93. Uh, Kings finished uh, 10 of 31 from behind the line. That's good or bad for 32%. Uh, neither team spent much time at the free throw, free throw line. Kings significantly less. They were 6 of 10. The Oklahoma City Thunder... They were 12 of 18, and I should, I got to pay off this tease. I mentioned it for those who may have missed it, the the eight-second carry. The Kings got called for uh, an, an, a backcourt violation, for an eight-second violation. They took too long bringing the, the ball up the floor. What was funny about that is it came literally one play after uh, Buddy Heald brought the ball up the floor slow. But he brought the ball up the floor. He didn't cross the line until there were uh, 14 seconds, sticking down to 13 seconds left on the shot clock. Very next possession, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they got called for it right when the clock hit 15. And I think it looked like Billy Donovan was trying to uh, challenge it like he was doing the old twirl his finger in the air. And I guess that's not a challengeable play. What did it amount to? Ultimately, Nothing in that the, I think it was Rashawn Holmes was called for an illegal screen on the very next possession. Like as soon as they inbounded that play, he was called for uh, for an illegal screen. So again, what did it amount to? Probably nothing. Um, and I don't want that tomorrow. What was really a great couple uh, final minutes there. Uh, Kings wound up finishing with just 12 assists. Kings finished with 12 assists and won the game. That's amazing. 12 assists and 16 turnovers. That was a horrible ratio. Uh, points in the paint. Kings won again. That's that's a place where they have really established themselves uh, this year. They won that battle 38-48. to 48. Let's check in with Luke Walton here postgame. I'm, I'm thrilled that we found a way to win a game. You know, I, I think... Belly, after the Houston game, talking about we deserved it. We probably didn't deserve to win tonight, um, but we found a way to win, and, and that's a skill in this league. Um, we talked pregame uh, about getting comfortable end-of-game situations, and the only way to do that is to be in them and to feel what they're like and to embrace that uh, that excitement, that energy, as opposed to get nervous with it. And I think our guys um, are getting much more comfortable uh, in those situations, again, our defense, which we've been talking about since day one, that's come a long way. It, it, it really kept gave us a chance. Without our defense tonight, we would have <clears throat> we would have got blown out. I thought. And the first game back from a long road trip is always hard. So you know, you, you kind of hope you get that out in the first half, and and we did. I thought you know our halftime points were Schroeder was killing us, and uh, we held them to two points in the second half. And transition defense just wasn't there. And we held them to two fast break points in the second half. So our guys really, uh, again, stepped up to that challenge. Uh, Rashawn Holmes was, was uh, you know, everyone in the fourth in the second half defensively. But Rashawn Holmes made some big-time winning plays. It was, uh, uh, besides that, it was great to get uh, 
Marvin back in the mix and let him let him get out and run and make some plays and get the crowd going. Uh, Katie Hunter, Kings TV. It's not often that you can squeeze out a win with 12 assists. What were you seeing offensively tonight in terms of just the um, was offense stagnant or, or yeah, what did you see? We, I think we still um, we still haven't gotten good enough at when we're not making shots we let it just affect the way we're playing so in the first half we had we had some really good looks that weren't a couple layups couple open threes and it kind of just drained our energy I felt like um you give Oklahoma City credit I mean they they got two fives that are really good defenders and then they have uh you know more than those three but you know those three point guards on their team that get after you and uh, they were, you know, they were being more physical than us. They just, you know, they took the ball from from us a couple plays where they just picked us up full and took it from us. So those are things that we can't let happen. Um, so give them some credit, and then some of it's on us too. Luke, Sean Cunningham, ABC 10. Uh, you mentioned Rashawn a minute ago. Um, what do you think of just him in the second half, particularly? He's you know, a little bit of foul trouble, him defensively going up against some of those guards and particularly that final possession against Chris Paul. Yeah, he's, he's, he, it's impressive. He, he's been impressive all year. I, you know, I look back at that first win we were able to uh, get against Utah here, and he switched out um, on Mitchell in that game and, and made a great uh, defensive contest there as well. And he's, he's kind of been, uh, you know, one of the, the main points with our defense turning around with, uh, where it has from, from uh, the start of the season to now. But we have all the confidence in the world in him uh, at the end of games, during the games, against bigger players, against fast, quick guards. So he's, uh, he's impressed us all. Luke Jason Anderson, Sacramento B. Um, I guess two things. One, um, just to kind of get your assessment of, of Marvin's play, what you liked, what um, you saw that maybe could, you could work on. And then also, secondly, um, Buddy's shooting has just been so up and down uh, in recent weeks. And, and I wonder if you, you have any idea what's going on there. Yeah, Marvin, um, I, I loved having Marvin out there. I told him before the game, just have fun. You know, you're going to play 10,000 games in Sacramento. To just go out there and let the crowd and embrace you and compete. And I thought he did all that. Uh, I knew offensively it would be a little bit of a challenge for the group because when Marvin left, he was playing uh, the four for us. And I was planning on playing him at, you know, that small, with that small group uh, tonight. And with Fox getting hurt, we've changed a lot of our sets and, and what we're, at least the frequency of what we're running. So, um, you know, we, you know, as we, now we get them back in practice tomorrow, we can, you know, work with them on that. I think a lot of that will get cleaned up, but I thought the way that he, he competed tonight, the passion that he played with, uh, was contagious and it, it helped us maintain during a time that we were, you know, we were on the, borderline is getting getting uh blown out no 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 two aspiring journalists here uh, don't ask two questions at the same time that's not a knock on jason anderson but you heard what just happened right there luke walton answered the first question completely forgot about the second question don't ask two at the same time ask one move along ask the one that's more important to you if there's i don't think there's a one question quota here uh for sacramento kings uh, press conferences again this isn't a knock on anybody i'm just sharing my little bit of journalistic expertise with you if you have aspirations to be in the business and you're doing an interview ask one question and make sure you're asking a question don't say talk about 
Talk about it's not a question. Don't say tell me about it. Tell me about it's not a question. You're asking someone to do your job for you. In that situation, you're asking Luke Walton to do your job for you. If you have a question, ask the freaking question. If you don't, sit down and keep your mouth shut. Boy, that went sideways quick, didn't it? No, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like you heard that Luke Walton was, uh, he answered the Buddy Hill question and then forgot that Jason asked the second question to it. Of course he's going to, because he wants to give him a, a, a good solid answer to the to the Marvin Bagley question, which I think that he did. Because I was curious how he felt about Marvin Bagley's return, and I was actually curious about what their approach with Marvin Bagley would be this year. And uh, sorry, not this year. With uh, uh, what 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 the approach would be with Marvin Bagley with this game. Because I imagine their approach for uh, tonight's game is going to be a little different uh, than the approach in a couple of nights when the Sacramento Kings are are, are back at it on Friday against um, the New York Knicks. I think it's, it's going to be different. And I think when they play again against the Golden State Warriors on Sunday, it's going to be different. Six days from now, when they're taking on the Charlotte Hornets in Charlotte, it's going to be different. So it was it was nice to hear uh, what his approach was, what he wanted from him, and, and and that's and I think that's great advice for a guy who has missed virtually the entire season. Hey, just come out, enjoy the reaction you're going to get, get a feel for the court, get a feel for your teammates, get a feel for what we're doing. Don't try to do too much, and then we'll just add a little bit more to your plate on Friday. We're going to add a little bit more on Sunday, and we're going to add a little bit more. On 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 Tuesday, and then we're just gonna we're gonna ramp you back up. That's the way it's gonna be. I love that. I Luke, man, I I think Luke Walton is doing a he's doing a hell of a job with this team. And if if the Sacramento Kings deserved to win, uh, as Nemanja Bjelica said, the Houston Rockets game, uh, the people that deserved tonight's win were the fans. Because I can't stress this enough. If you did not see this game, this was a tough watch until the final few minutes. Uh, and the Kings walk away with a victory, and that's all that really matters to you, I'm sure, and that's all that really matters to us. As the Sacramento Kings go now to 11-13, and 13, same record as the Oklahoma City Thunder. They get the win tonight, 94-93. to 93. The Kings now, they're in the seventh spot of the Western Conference playoff picture. They've moved ahead of both the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Phoenix Suns. Can the Kings continue to build on this? We mentioned the New York Knicks come to town on Friday. They've got the Golden State Warriors coming up on Sunday. They got a revenge game, perhaps, I hope, against the Charlotte Hornets. You never count games. But the Kings right now are 11-13. and 13. You don't count Ws. You don't count losses. You don't do any of that. But I laid out the schedule for you. You can make of that what you will. Regardless of how the schedule plays out, we'll be here to cover it for you. We will see you Friday night immediately following the Sacramento Kings and the New York Knicks here on the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network. What if you could have a career? where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.